Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where you might like the intro to this song when I play it every week, but Lord knows it's great in person, live and in concert. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, host of That's Life, head of social responsibility in Cross at Cross River, and you can find me here every Thursday right after Allison and right before Yossi Zweig's live lunch. Yes, Dave Matthews was in concert the other day in Jones Beach. And boy, oh boy, if you're a lover of like live music, it really doesn't matter what the music is that's playing because there's nothing like a concert. There's nothing like live music. Anyway, um, a whole wonderful week of programming has taken place here at the Nachum Siegel Network. My thanks to everyone who has been a part of it. It has really just been great. I know you're saying to me, what's so exciting? But I don't know. It's just it's just been a great week of programming. My thanks to Nachum and to everyone who has made this a fabulous, fabulous celebratory week of unbelievable programming and a great month coming up next month. Some great shows coming up, some great opportunities coming up. Let me tell you, you never know what's going to happen here at the Nahum Seal Network. Don't ever change that dial. Let's do the fortune cookie. Before we do the national holidays, we're going to do the fortune cookie. If you remember last week, I had one unfortunate fortune cookie. Thank you. You know, I don't really like dad jokes, but that one works. I know that one works. So let's go. And then the second fortune was good. So here I'm going with this fortune. There is a fortune inside. That is a step in the right direction. Here we go. Chance favors those in motion. I'm sorry, what? Chance <laughs> chance favors those in motion. I honestly, I don't even know what that sentence means. Those are five words that independent of each other, I understand what those five words independently mean. Put them together in a sentence. I have no blessed idea. Chance favors those in motion. I, I don't know. Is that? All right. You know what? Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. You can tell me what you think it means because we're clueless here. This one is just above our heads. Chance favors those in motion. Wow. Better to print that on a piece of paper and kill a tree or better not to print that because it makes no sense? Discuss. Let's do the national holidays, folks. It's one of my favorite national holidays. It's California Avocado Day. That's right. I would otherwise be more excited about it, even though this is one of my favorite national holidays, except for the fact that I spent three and a half dollars on an avocado last week. So that's absurd. And the prices of food need to come down. And there's only one person to thank for that. And frankly, he lives in D.C., it's also National Asteroid Day. It's National Disabled Veterans Day. A shout out to all of our vets. National Leap Second Time Adjustment Day. I don't know what that means, but it's something has to do with a watch. That's all I got. It's also Nat National Meteor Watch Day, which is coupled with Asteroid Day. I mean, there's some NASA geek out there that's really having the time of his life today, or her life, I should say. It's National Outfit of the Day Day. National Outfit of the Day Day. Do you really get to say that? It's Social Media Day. Uh, some people here would say, I celebrate Social Media Day every day. That is something I used to hear all the time. It's National Handshake Day. Go shake somebody's hand. National Bomb Pop Day. Do you remember a bunch of years ago when I asked people if they knew what bomb pops were? I think of Rummy was in the studio then, and he was, I mean, of Rummy, I'm sure you'll chime in on this, but... But I'm pretty sure that Avrami was engineered. That's how long ago that show was. And we talked about National Bomb Pop Day and whether or not people knew what bomb pops were. I mean, do you know what bomb pops were? 
I hope so. It's also the National Organization for Women Day. It's Now Day, which, frankly, coupled with last week's news here in the United States, is probably a day that many people will be celebrating in a variety of, excuse me, in a variety of different ways. So stay tuned about that. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I am joined by Kim Kushner, culinary educator and author of three best-selling cookbooks, including her newest release, which is here in my hand, The Modern Table. Kim is a graduate of the Institute of Culinary Education in Manhattan. She's developed recipes for food and wine for Chile Pepper magazines and has worked as a private chef. Since 2005, she has traveled the world to share her fresh and vibrant cooking style and popular cooking classes as part of Kim Kushner Cuisine. She's appeared on the Today Show. She's appeared on this show before. I know not not the same as the Today Show, but still exciting. She's been featured in the New York Times, International Edition, HuffPost, Savoir, and the Chicago Tribune. She's recognized as a leader in redefining kosher cuisine. She lives in Manhattan with her husband and her children, and she joins me this morning. Kim, good morning, and thanks so much for making the time to join us on That's Life. Having me. Totally, totally my pleasure. And also, I, I need to I need to thank you. It took a lot of finagling to get this interview scheduled. Totally my fault. But I thank you for being so gracious about the scheduling. Of course, of course. So I have to tell you, I got the cookbook in the mail a number of a number of weeks ago, and I was I was over the moon because number one, as frankly, as a Kim Kushner fan like many of us are, there is something about your style that is frankly just different from everyone else's. And I think that the cover, the cover photo of Modern Table, of The Modern Table, Kosher Recipes for Everyday Gatherings, really speaks to that. So if you could do me a favor, since not everybody has it in their hands like I do, and hopefully by the end of this interview, more people will have it in their hands, share with everyone what the cover looks like. So the cover is a shot of a beautiful, clean, white table that is filled with beautiful food. Somebody's pouring a glass of wine. You see that there's a bunch of people at the table, and it really just evokes people sitting around a table, gathering and enjoying a meal, coming together because of food. And the clean... The clean of that white tablecloth was so, I mean, first of all, it was obviously deliberate, but it was so strategic in setting the, the, the entire tone of the cookbook. So let's just take, let's take a, a step for a second in the direction of how you organized and planned this cookbook, because it is different from the others. Yes, this is a book really that I always wanted to make because I do love cooking, but more than I love cooking, I really love hosting gatherings and surrounding people around food and enjoying a meal, sharing a meal with new friends, old friends, and just bringing people together with beautiful, delicious food and drink. And I wanted to combine my passion for cooking with my passion for hosting and entertaining and sort of create a guide, a how-to guide for how to host comfortably and how to really enjoy yourself while doing it. And that was my goal for this book. So that's where the section how to use this book comes in, because most, shall we say, most cookbooks do not come with a how to use this book. It's it's self-explanatory. It's a cookbook. But here there is I'm going to use this term because I use it about myself. There's a method to the madness. There's there was a reasoning behind this that you wanted to share. 
Yes. You know what? I've hosted so many people over the years. And I know in our community, in the Jewish world, it's a very common thing. We're always inviting people or getting invited. But um, one of the things that people say to me constantly is, you really seem to enjoy yourself while you're doing it. How do you do that? And when I gave it thought, I realized, you know what? It wasn't always this way. I really figured out, like you said, a method for my madness and a way to make it work so that I could come away from it enjoying myself. And that's what I wanted to put into the pages of this book. Right. So it's not just that you figured it out for yourself, but you figured out how to articulate it in a book. Yes, precisely. What do you think people's first big mistake is when they're hosting? I think that they overcomplicate, whether it's by over-inviting, inviting too many mm. people, whether it's by um, trying out new recipes for the first time or trying out recipes that are too difficult and have too many steps or trying to serve too much. I think it's a combination of taking it too far and giving yourself more work than you actually need. And, and so people automatically become intimidated because they think that hosting is, is insurmountable, that, that they've, set, they've set these goals for themselves or these expectations, or frankly, and I, I mean this sincerely, that the media and social media have surrounded ourselves, we, with which we have surrounded ourselves, have, have set these bars so high that it's like, I'm a home cook. I can't do that. Right. Yeah. That, and... And, you know, it doesn't need to be that because really, if you keep things simple and simple can be just as beautiful, if not more beautiful, in my opinion, simple foods can taste more delicious than foods that require too much to them. And that's why your first tip on how to use this book is starting with the best ingredients. Right. That would be the first step. Kim, Kim, do me a favor. We, we, we lost you. We lost you a second ago. So do me a favor and just rewind, you know, euphemistically and share with us why the best ingredients, getting the best ingredients is so important. Okay. Right. So when you start with seasonal fresh ingredients, you don't need to do much to them to make them delicious because they already are. So that first step in keeping it simple with your ingredients, keeping it seasonal, simple and fresh is going to reward you by giving you less work in the long run. Right. Because those, those vegetables, <clears throat> sorry, those vegetables or those fruit really star in so many of your dishes, including, I'm looking for the one that I, that I, here it is, honeydew with sea salt and lime poppy seed drizzle. The platter yeah. is literally wedges of honeydew in such a beautiful and attractive fashion that me, not a melon eater, was <laughs> looking at this recipe going, even I would like that. Exactly. And that's one of what that's become one of the most sought after recipes so far, even though the book's just coming out now, people are asking me about this recipe. Very simple, very, very straightforward. You take a right, beautiful melon, enhance it a tiny bit, give it a new life. And it changes it completely. It's so fascinating how just a little bit of the right ingredients in here, I would I would probably argue that the right ingredient is the chili flake, right? The chili flake yes. and, the, and the lime together all of a sudden make this, this melon, this humble melon, all of a sudden star in a way that nobody pays attention to. It's, shall we say, shall we say that melon is not just for the fruit platter anymore? Exactly. And <laughs> melon is not 
uh, it's not usually memorable, but now we're right. making it memorable. So you're a hundred percent right. I also want to talk to you about mood boards and grazing tables. Now they are, they're very trendy, right? Grazing tables. You can graze over everything. I don't, I don't even, I can't even figure out why we like the term graze. <laughs> like right. cows graze. Why are we, I know. I just, I don't understand it, but okay. But we have, but we have grazing tables and we have mood boards. Do me a favor for people who are listening, who are not familiar with each, just give us your Kim Kushner explanation on what both of those items are. So a grazing board, a grazing table would be like a table that is completely covered with finger foods that you can graze, whether it's uh, cheese and crackers, dried fruit, nuts. And the idea is to cover an entire table and create this beautiful landscape of finger foods. Um, And then different food boards, which I include in my book, are the concept is using a platter or a board and putting everything on it. So it creates simplicity. So you can create a cheese board and this could be either on a wooden board or or on a platter. It doesn't make a difference. And you would put all of your elements on it. So you would have crackers, you would have cheese, you would have nuts, you would have different dips and honeys and whatnot. But I take it a step further than the typical cheese board. I also like the idea of a dessert board. If you have friends stopping by for dessert or if you're serving dessert at the end of the meal, instead of feeling you need to serve, you know, a big cake that takes time to make, you can buy even if you want um, store-bought delicious pastries and you can create a beautiful board pastries, some fruit, you can put cups of freshly steeped mint tea on these boards. And it just is a very easy way to present and you bring it all to the table at once. You know, it's funny because there are plenty of people listening right now who are saying to themselves, she makes it sound so easy. But isn't that the point? You want it to sound that easy? So I do. I always say like this, you know, it's not effortless. There is no such thing. If you, you know, in order to succeed, you must put effort into it, but there is a way to do it to keep it as simple as possible and as easy as possible. And these are the steps we're taking. Look, we all lead very, very busy lives. So not many people are going to have days and days to bake homemade desserts and make their doughs and their, you know, Mm. we need to simplify our lives in all areas, not just in the kitchen. And this is what I'm trying to offer to the reader. Well, it certainly comes across. We're, we're, we're speaking with Kim Kushner here on That's Life, author of The Modern Table, Kosher Recipes for Everyday, Everyday Gathering. It is the newest release in the Kim Kushner Library, and it is absolutely fantastic. I have personally made a bunch of the recipes already. I'm not going to ask you to guess which ones I have made, but I do want to turn to my favorite section because I'm, I'm being honest with you. I'm playing favorites here. I'm playing favorites <laughs> on which sections in the cookbook are my favorite and my favorite of the gourmet gifts. And I'll tell you why. Yes. And I hoped if do you don't have to tell me that this was your favorite also. That's okay. <laughs> but, but gourmet gifts to me was the best section because it's a section no one else has. I'm so happy you say it because I love this whole concept of creating a homemade gourmet gift because I think there's no more personal gift than to give something somebody something that you made yourself. And I'm so glad that it spoke to you because I was unsure that everybody would be as into it as I am. 
So I'm thrilled. Thank you for saying that. No, not at all. I, I absolutely love it. And the ki- the quick preserved lemons. You know, it's funny because your forward is by Adina Sussman. And Adina Sussman, whose cookbook Sababa has, has had its own unbelievable appeal and response, etc. But Adina, I'm not sure, would, would nod to the quick preserved lemon, right? But here, <laughs> but here you have, you, you make the point that this is doable and we don't have to spend, your lemons do not have to sit in a jar for a month. Here, I'm Kim Kushner. I'm going to tell you how to do it. And so it's right. right. So it's it's doable. There's so much about this cookbook that just speaks to me as doable. And every one of the gourmet gifts is just in that category. And you're right. It is classy. It's classy to go over to somebody's house for a Shabbos lunch or for a wine, a cheese and wine event or whatever it is. And bring something that you can contribute that you that came out of your kitchen. It's great to bring a babka that somebody else made, you know, that you bought. I'm, I'm not knocking it. There's room for that. But look how right. look how well received these kind of items can be. And you've seen that in your own experience. Yes, absolutely. It, it really, you know, when you bring somebody something that you took the time to make, it really says to that person, I care. You know, I, I really care. And uh, it's irreplaceable. So I, I'm glad you love it. Thank you. No, I really, I really do. Now, I, your biggest critics, I imagine, are your family. Am I right? Of course. Of course. <laughs> so how did they receive this cookbook? Because, again, it's different from the other two. So what were their impressions? They love it. You know what? They love it. They love looking through it because there's a section for kids in it. And that's exciting for them. It's things that items that I've made at their birthday parties and our, at our family celebrations. So I think this book is the most personal one of them all. And I think that they feel it in the pages because they see so much. All of these recipes are tried and true. I wanted to, these recipes were not created for the book. The book was created for the recipes. And so they'll flip through the pages and this is what they're eating on a weekly basis. So they were very excited about it. I wish that was your quote somewhere in in the press release. That is so such a great line that 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 the that the book was created for these recipes is just shows where your headspace was when you created this book. Yeah, I wanted it to be um, really the tried and true. I wanted to be what I cook at home. The, those recipes that I know off by heart, they're easy, they're quick. They don't take up a lot of space on the page. They don't require many ingredients. It's real life. So um, those, that, that's really how this came to be. It's really fantastic. You know, just to, just to pull a quote, because it is a great quote you, on, the, on the press release. It says, we really do eat with our eyes first. But I believe, and I believe that this applies both to the food itself and the dining experience, which is why the white tablecloth on the, on the cover makes such a difference and why you talk about glassware and stemware and what to do and, and flowers I and will, plates. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's all these little elements when they come together and it doesn't need to be fancy and it does not need to be expensive, but these personal touches really elevate the atmosphere and the environment. And that coupled with delicious, beautiful food, just it's impossible to not be a successful meal. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. And the truth of the matter is, is that when I talk about biggest critics, right? So when I get a new cookbook at the house for whatever reason, it's sent to me, etc. 
I, I look at it, but then inevitably it is stolen by one of my children or shall we say borrowed yeah. by one of my children. And I came downstairs one day to your cookbook on my counter with a bunch of post-it notes. I did not put the post-it notes in there, Kim, but one of my kids did because he wants to make those recipes. So I love that. You should just know, you should just know that you passed both your kids and mine. <laughs> I love that. And I especially love when it comes to kids and teens and their interest in food because, you know, I always say there it's one of the few cooking is one of the few things that we can show our children. You know, we're always telling them work hard and you'll get a great outcome. Try your hardest. But there are not many examples in life that are tangible where you could really show them you put effort and something comes out of it with cooking. It's almost immediate. Right. You work on something, you concentrate, you use your hands, you, you use your different senses, and then you create something tangible. And I love what that does for a child. It's one of the few ways you could teach them right before their eyes and they can see an immediate result. No, oh, you're 100% right. It's it's such a good point. It's such an important point. People people don't appreciate it, but you're, you're 100% right. I also, by the way, with the few minutes that we have left, I want to give you total props on all the gluten-free items that are in here, all the gluten-free recipes. I've already made the chewy and nutty, which I'm sure everyone has already because that was, right. it, it, that went, I mean, talk about recipes that go viral. This went viral rose before Pesach. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yep. During COVID, I think it was the first Pesach um, during COVID. Right. The chewy and nutty flourless chocolate chip cookies. I have made them for company. I have made them and brought them into work for a coworker who is gluten free and dairy free. I I can't tell you the question I get all the time when I say that they're gluten free is there's no flour. There's, right. <laughs> there's no flour. It's a genius recipe, but so are so many of the other recipes in this cookbook. Kim Kushner, author of The Modern Table. This book is available on Amazon. It's available at Barnes & Noble. It's available at every Judaica store on the planet that is worth visiting. Where else? Am I missing anything? Am I missing anywhere that they can that somebody can purchase it? Uh uh, it's available at Costco, Amazon, um, at uh, Target, and at specialty food stores as well. Fabulous. It, it's available in Target? Yes. Way to go. Way to Thank go. Thank you so much. <laughs> Way to go, Kim Kushner. Kim, Thank you. Kola Kavod to you. This is, I, I can't wait for book number four. I'm sure you don't want to hear that right now because you want a little bit of a break. But it's it's absolutely a wonderful endeavor, and I really do look forward to the next installation in the Kim Kushner Library. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate your time. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and we are, I, I, there's a full day of programming. I got to go home and plan my menu. It's going to be a Kim Kushner menu. That is for sure. Full afternoon of programming continues. The live lunch with Yossi Zweig right after this show. And then, of course, 1 p.m. Throwback Thursday, 4 p.m. An encore of JM Rewind, 7 p.m. Mark Zamek and the Arab Shabbos show. Thank you, our friends at Kedem, of course for all of their programming and for all the sponsorship of our different programming. And of course the Arab Shabbos show. What? Okay. Everything. All right. Yeah. Um, and of course, tomorrow morning, join Nachum as he hosts JM and AM at 6 a.m. Eastern time. And that, well, I'm, I can't reach, I can't reach the cord. All right. We're here. We're back in shape. We're back in shape, everybody. Um, and yes, we have, Oh, nope, that didn't work. That was my phone. <laughs> That's what happens with radio guys. 
Anything can happen. Do not turn that dial. The Arab Shabbos programming continues up until candlelighting here in the United States. I heard that Matis show number 500 is this Sunday. Am I right? I am right. Matis, why? I mean, I joke every week that Matis' streak is actually unbelievable and makes the rest of us look bad. But literally this week, yeah, he makes the rest of us look bad. A shout out to Matis Wankis for his continued dedication to this network and to JM Sunday. Do not miss show number 500 this Sunday morning. Kol HaKavod to him. We are closing today with a song that my son, I got to find it now. My son, there it is. My son was playing in the kitchen the other day. It's called Yehei Rava by Rinas Amcha. Everybody familiar with it? If you're not familiar with it, you should be. Here we go. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Yeah, here I'm a god of, yeah, here I'm a god of.